Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at- an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Well, welcome everyone to Party Friday with Chuck Bonneville and Julie Hayden. It's the Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show, True Straight Up. That's right. The show brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine, along with HappyTrees.co. Okay, so uh, Ken Bach continues his full rhino swamp descent. Liz Liz Cheney, wannabe. Liz Cheney, wannabe. I think he's out Cheneying Liz Cheney. Um, But we're going to have yesterday, or earlier this week, actually, a guy by the name of Trent Lisey, a well-county patriot, um, been to Mar-a-Lago, has ties to Trump. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, launched his campaign to primary Ken Buck. We've got Trent coming up, joining us at 3.30. Um, also, he, we have coming up here at 3 o'clock, as soon as Thomas gets him on the phone, um, retired Colonel John Mills. I want to talk about, he was with the um, Defense Department, cybersecurity, um, and has some interesting um, thoughts on, wait, what's he say? Okay. Um, okay, he's trying him now. Some interesting thoughts on how everybody, everybody being Israel and the United States, missed the attack. But in the meantime, just to bring you up to speed um, on the whole Speaker of the House, so they tanked, they stabbed Jordan in the back, right? Let a secret vote whether he wanted to continue to offer him as their nominee for, for Speaker, and they voted pretty clearly they didn't. Um, of course, the most report, uh, most popular Republican, Trump endorsed everything else, the problem is uh, the House of Representatives, the majority in the House of Representatives are not pro-Trump and they're not pro-grassroots. Um, Here, and I'm going to have you keep doing that because John Mills is calling us as we speak. So Thomas, okay. I'm going to... Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, never mind. Never mind. No, this is live radio. Hey, live Thomas. radio. You're seeing behind the screen. Thomas, try him again. He was just calling me. <laughs> um, it's like, but I can't answer him. I'm on the air. But yeah, so the, the third vote failed. So now they're starting from scratch. And, and it doesn't seem like... Okay, the, granted, obviously, I'm biased here. I, I agree with what Matt Gates and Jim Jordan and those people are doing. But um, they at least had some principal reasons for, for doing it, right? That, right, that, right? that McCarthy didn't keep his promises. Yeah. And they said, if you don't keep your promises, we're going to do this. So they did it. The swamp creatures who are blocking him seem to be doing it largely just out of, pardon me, but pissiness, basically. Well, right? I mean, they have somewhat of a point. Why should we play by the rules if all the others don't play by the rules? But it's also gotten to the point where you have a lot of rhinos and, and they're they're making sure they're rhinoing, they're rhinoing. Yeah. They're rhinoing. Okay, we've got Colonel Mills with us now. Um Colonel Mills is the author, The Nation will Follow, The War Against the Deep State. Um, um, he has uh, was a retired um, from the defense, was a cybersecurity expert, and we want to talk about what happened in Israel and with Hamas. So Colonel, um, thank you once Welcome again. To the program, Colonel. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming back. Hey. Chuck and Julie, thank you. An honor to be back on your show. So your recent column, did the Obama-Biden team tell intelligence to put all things Israel and Hamas below the cut line on the intelligence priority stack? And the column is great because you kind of explained how it works. It's not like they have interns necessarily cutting out headlines and they tape and hand it to the president. How does it work and, and what do you think happened here? 
Well, what, what we ran, uh, what we run in, in the intelligence community, we, it's an, a literal stack of priorities and uh, of, of different uh, topics and named operations. So it's a priority stack. And uh, the intelligence community budget is large, but it's not unlimited. And you, you literally have a cut line drawn where, you know, things above the cut line get collected upon and get analyzed and actioned. Now, things below the cut line might actually be collected upon, but it doesn't mean that they'll necessarily be analyzed and actioned. So this is a real critical thing that um, the House and the Senate Select Committees on Intelligence should demand to know immediately is as of we need to know on October 5th, what was the stack and was all things Israel, Iran, Hamas above or below the cut line? So if it was below the cut line, why? Why was it below the cut line? Who did you gave see, the direction? That... Did you see uh, Kash Patel's uh, appearance on the Steve Bannon show? Um, he identifies the person who's in charge of that at the White House is somebody called Maher Patar, um, who they had a photograph of in Palestinian gear, um, you know, urging the end of apartheid in Israel. Uh, but that was the guy who apparently does the stacking. <laughs> at least, <laughs> at least he's the one who, who uh, purports to, you know, make make the decisions. I guess with input from a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, so there, there is that's kind of a singular person on the on the at the White House staff at the National Security Council that kind of runs the list, but there's a number of people who provide input, but in the end, it's a presidential decision. Well, he, and he, so, he can't you know, make a decision. Yeah. Well, yeah, Joe Biden. Yeah. Well, and Laura Loomer yeah. Was, yeah. is tweeting just about an hour ago that she has a source that's telling us that, that this Mahar Bhattar guy apparently did, and I don't know about the cut line, I want you to explain a little bit more about that, but apparently did say we're going to deprioritize Israel and Hamas. Um, have you, you had any insight into how something like that might work? And if he says that, might there be somebody who could say, I'm sorry, but Hamas, should we actually be paying attention to Hamas? Or how does that work? Well, yeah, it, it, it is, there is there is a number of people who have input on this. So there's not just a single person who racks and stacks and then redetermines because the priority, the priority fifth uh, often. Uh, so, uh, it is a regularly sifting stack of priorities. So, and, and it is, there's a number of people, all the directors of the 18 intelligence agencies, uh, under the DNI, everybody has a say. Um, there's, uh, so there's, there's a lot of input into this and, and everybody bears some responsibility on this. Uh, but in the end, uh, there is decisions and the end, the blame line, uh, like it or not, whether he's cognizant or not, it is, it is the president who really sets the priorities. And, and so that's that, that's how this thing works. And so we got to know, was it now if it was above the cut line? And now we're, we're hearing this little game going on is, uh, oh, you know, now we were people are talking on background. And that's that's right. swamp spot swamp speak for um, that's usually in today's environment. That's Jake right. Sullivan uh, running to running yeah. to his little buddies and legacy media. And that's the that's what the game they do is they say, hey, here's 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 our position. You just can't tell who it came from. And then the right. reporters and legacy media run around and pretend like they were Maxwell Smart hiding in the, <laughs> you know, the mailbox on the street corner. And they yeah. actually got some <laughs> break, breaking news. And it's, it's Jake Sullivan, you know, feeding uh, 
the warmed over baby food to the uh, to yeah. the legacy media and them just doing whatever they're you know, they're going to do. But so we got to know was it above or below? Uh, either either way, it's bad. And right. this can be handled. This can be solved really quick here and very easily. Um, if it was uh, if 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 somebody says they gave it to Israel, okay, fine. There's message traffic on this. Uh, right. We need to know, and then the American people own this. It's, uh, but the intel committees immediately need to demand to know. We want to see the message traffic. They have all the clearances. We want to know exactly who said what to who. Because it's just we're not going to accept somebody talking on background of the media saying, right. "Oh yeah, we told Israel." Um, no, okay, fine. Because this is how it works. So okay, let's see the message traffic. Exactly right. what who said what to who to warn Israel. And then you read the message traffic and you go, well, I wanted to take an action upon this. It didn't make any sense or this wasn't really a warning or, you know, I mean, maybe Israel, you know, and so there's, there's two, two, two sides to the failure here. Um, and there, right. were, there were intelligence community failures. That we, we've really been right. talking about the American side, but let's talk about the Israeli side. Yeah. And, okay. Um, the, the, the Mossad is great. Mossad is awesome. But, and the Israeli Defense Forces are awesome, but these are not the Mossad and the IDF that, that you uh, and I grew up with. Okay, you know, they've had 20 relative years of peace. They're not the battle-hardened veterans from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, okay? Uh, and I don't mean this in any way as a criticism, but right. they just are not, they are not the battle-hardened veterans where life and death was on the line every second, okay? Uh, also, you have to be real. We have to be totally honest, and Israel needs to be totally honest. Uh, they really had deprioritized security along the Gaza the Gaza uh, border. It's just, you know, about the 10 miles that go in, you know, come in from the Mediterranean, and then it goes about 30 miles roughly uh, down, uh, down toward Egypt, and then you got the ocean side. Uh, let's just be totally real. It was a it was a deprioritized, underfunded mission, and they were depending a lot on artificial intelligence and autonomy. To hey, you know, instead of having a a, a large manned patrol, let's just have a single autonomous vehicle go by every hour or something like that. It's mm-hmm. just really okay. So this show kind of shows the limits of. Uh, you know, this autonomy thing is interesting. Uh, maybe it's more efficient. Maybe it reduces the exposure of friendly forces, et cetera. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's concerning. And then also this, this one thing immediately caught my attention, um, this immediately caught my attention, um, was the, the, the single Israeli tank burning one of their pictures from the earth from the morning of the 7th. Well, okay, let's say tanks work best when they're on the move in form in mass formation in in numbers okay a single tank moving moving slowly as a patrol vehicle is a very very bad idea and very in a very wrong use of tanks they're vulnerable a single tank right. moving slowly is very vulnerable uh, okay. and uh you 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 learn really quickly uh just like in iraq uh the the terrorists learned really quickly how to mount an m1 you know, shoot the tank commander in the head while he, his head is down in the hat and he's distracted and drop a grenade in. Okay. So, yeah. so this is not how tanks can be used. So as soon as I saw a single tank like that, I said, okay, classic misuse of armor. So we got, we got problems on both sides of the house, but also you, we've never seen anything like this. 
the greatest amount of ordnance fired in the shortest amount of time since the 1973 war, followed during the during the barrage by a very complex coordinated ground assault through at least 15 breakpoints through the wall. Um, that in the in the end were really terrorist one way mission, but still very complex, very coordinated, planned a year in advance. Right. Um, but we there, nothing like this has been seen seen since seventy three. Uh, so that was twenty seven, thirty, fifty years ago. We haven't seen anything like this in fifty wow. years. And, so in a and generation, people, basically, a little rusty. A couple of generations. Oh, yeah. Let me, let me, uh, let me ask you what what do you uh, how do you view the reports that Israel uh, Egyptian uh, sources warned Israel three days before the attack. I think it is something very possible and plausible and should not be dismissed and take people are going, oh, they get in. Oh, and, and again, it's very simple. Let's see the message traffic. I'm in right. the room with the Egyptians and the Israelis uh, and, and other air forces. They actually work very well together. So um, um, and then they have standing information sharing agreements. So it's very plausible uh, and possible that Egypt uh, did say something. But again, what exactly did they say? And who, how exactly was it shared? I covered, you know, cops and crime and and stuff in Denver for years. And you would always, it it would not be, and I'm sure this is the same kind of thing. It wouldn't be uncommon to like, okay, so there's going to be an event. And they're like, they're rumblings that the motorcycle gang is going to do this or that. Well, okay. What do you, you know what I mean? What do you do with that? And then you're like, that's far different from at two o'clock, 40 motorcycle guys are going to descend upon there and start, you know, you know, so I think you're right. And, but you have a good point there that message exists. It's not like this was like on somebody's Instagram account, even then it would exist. So they should ask to see it. But what is their ability to actually get them to show it? I mean, the Biden White House will claim executive privilege and, and slow walk it and just not do it. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Biden can only claim executive privilege on uh, White House communication. So, the communication between uh, the intelligence community and and uh, Israel, if it exists, did not go through the White House. It went from the intelligence community straight to Israel, probably see, seeing the White House. So, so he can't uh, he can't claim uh, executive privilege on that. So well, the no, no claim ongoing investigation. Or the claim we don't care. Well, that's we're talking with um, Colonel John Mills. Let, let me ask you this: I want to go back to this kind of the, the stack kind of thing to put it in perspective. How many how many things? And I imagine it probably ebbs and flows and changes depending on what's going on. I imagine they probably moved it up in party, but how many things are in this? I mean, are we talking hundreds? Are we talking five? I mean, oh, yeah. okay. No, no, no. I mean, you're, you're talking hundreds of hundreds okay. of such requirements. It's, it's called, and it's, if people want to nerd out on uh, Intel community policy, just go to the DNI website. It's called ICD intelligence community, intelligence community directive 204. It talks about the whole framework and that's the whole basis so you can it's, it's public facing anybody can go and read it and nerd out on ic policy uh but yeah no there's there's it, it, and and again even if it was below the cut line it doesn't mean it wasn't collected upon right but it does it it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it was analyzed in action that's the tragedy because if you go back through the tapes everybody goes when something like this happens everybody is supposed to go back and look and they go Oh, son of the gun! Yeah, right. we caught it, but it wasn't a, it wasn't above the above the cut line. 
But this sounds well, like how, well, how many are above the cut line? Well, he was saying hundreds. No, he said oh. the hundreds in the stack. How many are above the cut line? Because oh. it, it's all a function of amount of available resources, uh, how much each one of those priorities consume. I mean, there's not a fixed number. But so just generally because. Generally speaking, I don't know. Would this be hundreds no, no, or would there this is, There is no generally speaking. There, okay. You're dealing with hundreds of, pri- of intelligence priority requirements. And okay. it, it depends on the calculus of a number of different factors on where that cut line goes up and down. And it, and it does change regularly. That cut line okay. goes up and down all the time. But again, there, there, is, there is message traffic documenting this. The Intel committees have total access to this. And the Intel committees will thwack the Intel should be able to figure it out. Well, I mean, we've all seen, at least yeah. I've seen um, Tom Clancy's, you know, Jack Ryan, right? And Jack Ryan is always trying to wave in the document saying, look at this and like, oh, Jack, go away, go away. Um, so it sounds like, like that that actually happens. Well, let me ask you this well, about the intelligence they get. I mean, those of us in like the lay world, you know, we think that like spies meeting all over with secret messages and things like that. Where is this intelligence coming from? I mean, is it people reading the newspaper? Is it people doing surveillance or all of the above? Or where, where does well, uh, we've talked about all intelligence. of the above? Well, okay. well, I mean, there, there's you know people you'll talk about um, uh, signals intelligence. We have we have basic categories. You have human intelligence. You have overhead intelligence from spy satellites. So imagery intelligence. You have uh, measuring and uh, measurement analysis uh, intelligence. Uh, you have all these forms of intelligence, and some of them kind of uh, are, are really multiple forms of intelligence. But we just have all these capabilities. And again, even with in the DNI site list the budget at the end of at the end of the year. It's now law that we release the budget. This is the black budget. There is nothing right. else. There is no more. There's not nothing hidden there. That it's everything. Is that in inside of that dollar number released? And just go to the GNI website and you can see that we're not limitless. But the, the basic dynamic here is we, the Israelis, uh, Mossad, MI6 in, in the UK, they're very, very good when they focus on a on a specific topic or issue. They're okay. very good, but they but they don't have the bandwidth. Okay. The problem with us is taking out wokeness, taking out you know corruption, except like that. We have broad bandwidth. We've we just historically found a challenge in focusing. Okay. So we collect everything, but we're not always good about really making sense out of it. They're really good at making sense out of it, but they have limited ability. Yeah. They don't have the broad capability. But that's where we have the five eyes, the five English speaking right. nations there, there, there. We share very closely with each other. And we have all these information sharing agreements with key uh, uh, allies and partners, such as Israel. So there's a lot of sharing that goes on. Well, um, let me ask you about this. Sharing, but... back, to, back to sort of my cops and crime thing. I mean, there would be a, a time, you know, you cover criminals and every time the police would get a tactic and a strategy, right? It, it didn't take very long, particularly the gangs and the drug cartels to adapt, right? Um, and in a way, it almost... It almost seemed like they were always a step ahead. Does that happen like with terrorist organizations too? Because it sure seemed it happened here that that they adapted to or have adapted to some of the sophisticated stuff. I mean, it seems like that they did this very uh, well. I don't know. I mean, what's your sense of how they carried out? And is that true in terrorism as well as just in criminal gangs? 
Yeah, your, your two examples you've given were perfectly spot on and exactly the same situation applies. I mean, the law enforcement intelligence is the same situation. Uh, and here, the threat uh, mischievous minds will always evolve to evade. Uh, mm-hmm. They won't just like uh, just like prisoners in a lockup in, a, in the county or the state or the federal prison. They'll always be clever on how do they sneak something into the prison. Right. Same thing here. They're, they're always going to be coming. They're always going to be clever and adapting. And here they, they it's called operational security. The terrorists did a very good job of staying off the phone, staying off the email, staying off of electronics. And and the operations order they took off of a dead terror, a dead Hamas terrorist. Um, right. I was I read through. I was just shocked. That clearly had the fingerprints of Iran on it. And again, this is this is all. This is not Hamas attacking Israel. This yeah. was Iran. This was China destabilizing the world wow. because Hamas works totally for Iran. Iran right. is totally uh totally a. Uh, um, they work for China. Right. So the operation door they found, uh, clearly Iran had been working with them. It's a very detailed plan, very detailed operations order. It looks American and which tells me, because the Iranians mimic everything we do. And these, the format for these plans, they're, they're totally unclassified. You can find them on the internet. They're I mean, on, on DOD and U.S. government websites. Wow. And they clearly mo- modeled and mimic our, our operations order. And I was just stunned at the, de- at the, at the detail of the plan. And again, they, the, plans were, the plan was dated like a year before. So the right. attack didn't come out of thin air. Right, right. Well, and that makes it like you said, you, you look at how detailed it is to a certain extent to me, too. That kind of makes the intelligence failure even worse. Is that fair to say? Because it's been it's been out there if somebody had you know, had, had been able to see it or spot it, or is it the kind of thing? I, I also would say that sometimes it seems to me, you know, it's a kind of thing that in hindsight, right. It, it's, it was obvious, but in real time, it wasn't. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, just like, why didn't we catch the Islamic terrorists taking flight training before nine 11? Why? I mean, why didn't we connect the dots on that same thing here? It really does beg the question, but you know, now we also have the factor. We haven't talked about this is uh, Rob Malley, uh, the chief Iran negotiator who was a, who, who is, he's, he's, he's off the payroll now, but he's, he's under investigation. Uh, well, he's not, he's, he's on an unpaid status. Let me clarify that. But okay. he was the chief guy for Biden. And it turns out they're sure looking like he was an Iranian spy and two of his chief, um, uh, his chief assistants were Iranian spies. So the whole question is, did, was Iran influencing? Did, did these right. two help hide the operation? Were they right. influential in, in putting the priorities below the cut line? You know, because this is this is a serious, serious breach. We we all we all know there's corruption in the Biden White House, but this takes it to a new level and angle. Uh, now that we know there's three Iranian spies inside the Biden right. team. Well, and it seems like I mean I don't know I know it seems to me that's obvious that that would, would have been part of their job. Now, how much they knew or didn't know, but it would seem to me that clearly part of their job would be to downplay anything like that and point the finger at other stuff. Right? You know, um, it, it's because it, it seems to me that 
they 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 don't seem to have had very much in the way i guess what i would call human intelligence right it wasn't like they had somebody who was undercover in the hamas i mean it doesn't even sound like that's a kind of thing that's possible anymore is it uh Mossad has good eyes and ears inside okay. the hamas okay. structure but somehow this failed but Hamas is, is also super wacko paranoid about Hamas, uh, Hamas, um, uh, Mossad. Uh, I mean, Mossad, Mossad spies inside their organization. So they're, you know, executing each other every day because they're so, they're so whacked out paranoid that somebody's a spy for Mossad. But somehow this was able to, they were able to do this. Yeah, Mossad's pretty good about human intelligence inside these networks, but somehow things, things so, got missed. Well, and it seems to me kind of underlying the overall thing that you're saying is there are kind of two ways that things can be missed. And one is just sort of with the, you know, accidentally, unintentionally, right, with just the sheer volume of stuff that comes in and what do you make of it? But I think what you're saying, if I'm right, is what what Congress needs to do is look into was there sort of an intentional putting this stuff below the radar. And it seems to me like with these spies and some of the Biden administration policies or some of the people in place, it's certainly worth asking whether whether this whole situation and the information was intentionally put below the radar. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's documented every time that that stack goes up or down. Uh, you know, our things are rearranged in the stack. It's documented. There, there, there's, there's literally a, a justification memo written uh, on this date. It was determined to adjust because of this. And here's all the people who signed off and et cetera, et cetera. So there's, there's forensics on, you know, when and why the, uh, the stack was reordered, why the cut line was moved, et cetera. So these things are all documented. That's just not somebody moved it and nobody knows right. why. It's, it's, it's a pretty it formalized process. Let me ask you just sort of a final yeah. question in terms of with all of your experience, where where should we go? Number one, I agree with you. Number one, we should find out exactly what happened with this information flow. But above and beyond that, where do you think we should go now? Well, you know, and, and there's there's kind of a debate raging on our side of the ledger, I see, because there's some who say absolutely zero support for Iran, or excuse me, for uh, for Israel, zero support for Israel, um, you know, and there's others that, you know, this, this is, we've got to get, you know, absolutely engaged. And uh, I think we need to, here's, again, this has to be looked at in, in the, the full context of what's going on. Everything as of now, it's all about the no boundaries agreement with China to lead, but with yes. Russia, Iran, Venezuela, North Korea, because we we found North Korean arms uh, right. with the Hamas terrorists. We also found some of the weapons we gave in Ukraine with the with the terrorists. Um, but we've this is what's going on. We we have to be careful about becoming decisively overcommitted in this in this situation we need to provide israel with logistic support intelligence support we already have ballistic missile defense uh, interceptors over there we've had them there for decades okay we need to provide you know the ballistic missile defense but we cannot become involved in, in bogged down in, in another forever war right. and, the, and israel doesn't want to become involved israel is handling this i'm watching they are handling this very very carefully and judiciously very carefully and judiciously because they know right now Phase zero was the planning phase by Hamas. Phase one was 
Saturday morning, October 7th. Now we're in phase, uh, phase two, which is the information war. And Israel knows they will lose the information war if they, if they come across as just as, as horrible as this attack was and Hamas needs to right. be eliminated to, to every single one of them. But they, they have to handle this very carefully, always differentiate the Palestinians from Hamas. Right. They're not one and the same. I mean, and the, again, yeah, Hamas. Most of them are Palestinian, but that doesn't mean all Palestinians. No, it is a Hamas. it is a quagmire. Hey, Colonel, I hate to interrupt yeah. you. We got to let you go now. But thank, real quick before I do though, you've got some great books out there. Where can people get your books and find out more about you? Well, thank you so much. Yeah. A war against the deep state.com war against the deep state.com is where uh, the, the book is. Uh, the new book is at also Colonel Rec John, Colonel R.E.T. John, Substack Getter and Truth. All right. Thank you so much for your time and your analysis. Those are some great questions. I appreciate your time, sir. Have a great Friday. Oh, thank you. Hey, great. Looking forward to being on your show again soon. Oh, absolutely. All right. Thank you very much. That's uh, Colonel Retired John Mills. He does have a great Substack column. I go there and I read his Substack stuff too. And he's got a book. It's The War Against the Deep State. Um, I think we wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about our, every time I keep thinking we need to quit beating up on Ken Buck. And then he does even worse stuff, right? Um, and I think I saw Trent. Trent, if you were there in the Zoom room, if you want in the Zoom room, if you want to go ahead and turn your camera on and unmute yourself, you can go ahead and do that. Um, but um, there we go. Oh, there you go. Hello there. Uh, no, as you know, Ken Buck once again, um, um, you know, is voted against Jim Jordan. His his reasons were incredibly stupid. His follow up is incredibly stupid. And um, I was watching on Twitter. Um, and I've never met you before, Trent. But I see this guy, Trent Lysy, is all of a sudden like, boom! If I've had enough and I'm running, so I, I called and I said, "Can you come on the show?" And he's like, "Sure." So, Trent, first of all, let me say hello. Thank you for your time on this Friday afternoon. There we go. Thank there you go. for having me on. I really appreciate it. So. I'm like, yeah, let me, before we go, I guess I'm going to ask you to go, I've got your videotape from Twitter on this morning, and then we've got Ken Bug whining about his pesky, stupid constituents, um, so we'll play that too, but first let me let you just kind of introduce yourself to folks, because um, and, and why, just talk about why you decided to get into the race. Yeah, my name, you know, like you said, it's Trent Lysy, I'm running here in Congressional District 4, um, you know. I'm a small business owner here in Colorado in agriculture. I work uh, with farmers. Um, I have uh, a couple other businesses that I do. But, uh, you know, I grew up, I was born and raised here in Colorado. And I'm really passionate about this state and about this this country. Um, We're hurting right now. So, and we have a congressman right now in, in the House who really is out of touch with the American people. And those here in uh, Congressional District 4. Right. Well, and I would go for, well, first I want to say, I've seen some of your Twitter pictures and you do have friends in high places. There's a picture of you with Donald Trump. I think you've got it on your website. You've got pictures yeah. with you and Jim Jordan. So so you do you have, do have friends in high places. Um, yes. But let me go ahead and show, because I would say it's even worse than Ken Buck is out of touch. Ken Buck just doesn't even care. And to explain, no. I mean, he, he could care less. I want to play, this was Ken Buck. And meet the press, basically whining about his pesky constituents. Oh, that's so horrible. If we could please play Thomas the Buck number one video. Let's talk about what happened at that meeting today, because apparently there was some reporting 
that McCarthy shouted at Matt Gates to sit down. Were you in that meeting? What did you witness? I was there for three and a half hours, Kristen. It was painful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, went to the microphone several times, and as the uh, sort of uh, person who was last speaker um, was, was granted the ability to speak as often and as long as he wanted to, um, uh, Matt Gates got up and, and wanted to make a point. Kevin told him to sit down. Um, at that point, uh, temper started flaring a little bit. It was it was no more than a minute and a half of, of a three and a half hour meeting, uh, but there was some tempers, uh, clearly. And, and I think at, after that point in time, people backed down again. And part of the reason that there's temper right now is this uh, constant barrage of phone calls. We have mm. I have six full time people answering the phones. I have 20,000 messages from people who, where we couldn't. So far, I've had four death threats. I've been evicted from my uh, office in uh, the in Colorado. Uh, I have notice of an eviction um, because the landlord is mad with my uh, voting record uh, on, on the speaker issue. Um, and everybody in the conference is getting this. So so it's natural. Uh, family members have been approached and, and threatened. Uh, all kinds of things are going on. There's going to be some uh, some tension. Okay, I'm not trying to ask you. That's to say you were elected to Congress and you had to hire six people full time to answer the phone calls from angry constituents. Would you complain about the constituents or would you say, Gall, I wonder if maybe I should. I mean, it seems to me he's forgotten who he works for, right? Well, yeah, I mean, two days ago or three days ago, he said the grassroots movement, those who, you know, are in this grassroots movement that want change in Washington are silly. And it's just like, are you kidding me? You know, and it's interesting today, we were in front of his second office, the one in Windsor here that he claims he's being evicted from. And I confronted his his director and I said, hey, is he being evicted from here? And he said, and she said, no, huh? we're just in lease negotiations. And it's like, he just said he's being evicted. And so to me, it's like, you know, do I think that death threats, you know, that's bad. Nobody should be doing that. But the credibility of this man is shot. It's out the window. Well, let's see the police report, right? If you've actually had a, a death threat, let's see the police report. Well, he said, he said he, he'd give it to authorities. He'd give it to authorities. He hasn't done it. Yeah, no, he said he did. He said, yeah, knock him down. Just like, just like he says that Joe Biden shouldn't be shouldn't be impeached because there's no evidence. Right, right. right. Those stupid January 6th well, people. Well, in Colorado, as you know, there's the grassroots and there's the establishment. The establishment rhinos. So he must yeah. identify himself with the establishment rhino. That's who he must think he yeah. represents. <laughs> well, that that's what it is. But really what he represents right now is CNN because that's where he wants to go. So he is going to represent the people at CNN the way they want him to represent so that he can get high dollar money to sit there and bash this movement, America First movement, and the patriots who want to change in this country. Right. And I want to give you credit. I'm going to play your videotape, too, because, you know, again, you've got, boom, got on, out of the starting gate pretty fast. You were and I'll ask you a little bit about this more, but you were apparently down doing a peaceful protest and like a legitimate, real peaceful protest, yes. protest at Ken Buck's um, office in Douglas County. If we could please play the Lysi video, Thomas. Hello, Patriots, here in Congressional District 4 in Colorado. My name is Trent Lisey. I am running against the rhino Ken Buck. I'm outside of one of two of Ken Buck's offices here in Castle Rock, Colorado. And we showed up here to peacefully assemble to support Jim Jordan as the next Speaker of the House and to express our disappointment that our representative 
Congressman Kim Buck has not been representing the people here in Colorado. You can totally see that the intimidation factor here when we got here this morning is in play. There's been law enforcement around the building. We've been approached by the building manager who has insinuated to us that we were here to violently protest inside of Kim Buck's office. I assured him that no, we are here to peacefully assemble and peacefully show our support for Jim Jordan as the next Speaker of the House and that we don't believe and that I don't believe that Kim Buck is serving the people and his constituents here in Colorado and congressional districts. There you go. Which is true. He's not. Yeah. And again, no. not only is he not, he gets all whiny about it when they call his office. It's like, so what, so what, number one, who would you have voted for if you were there? Who would you have voted for? For Speaker I'd have voted for, I'd have voted for Jim Jordan. Okay. Yeah. How come? Because you know, it doesn't make sense, you know, because Ken Buck's out there saying, well, I don't like Jim Jordan because he's an election denier, but then he doesn't <laughs> like Emmer either. <laughs> and so it's like, well, then what are you, you know, just, just get out, go ride your horse into the pasture and CNN and leave the folks here, you know, find, you know, elect me so I can represent these people the way that they want to be represented in Washington. You know, and that's a really good point because if he, if he doesn't agree with it, you're right. Why, and why not just shut up and quit. I mean, he could do, he could be Doug Lamborn, right? I mean, in this case, <laughs> like I said, I mean, even Doug Lamborn voted for Jim Jordan, right? And I mean, yeah. he could just be- Well, like- he also voted against McCarthy. I mean, he voted against McCarthy, he voted for everyone, against everyone. Yeah. I have a, a good friend who wanted me to ask Chuck, is Ken Buck going crazy or is he having a midlife crisis? I that- told him he already had a midlife crisis. That happened, yeah. that happened 10 years ago. And I don't yeah. think he's crazy. So what do you think is, I, I mean, I guess, I mean, are you serious about you think the CNN thing is legit? Because I kind of do myself. No, I do. I believe. I mean, I have talked to people who are close with Kim Buck who have said that, you know, that's his motivation factor. Um, You know, uh, I've talked to uh, the state party chair here and that's his indication Uh, was on Dan Kaplan's show yesterday. And that's his indication. So I think it's a pretty, pretty good. I think he's going to probably bow out of this thing after the first of the year. I would assume he's going to have some protege of his step into the race on his behalf, but you know, anybody tied to Ken Buck, it's just yeah. not going to go anywhere. No, right. Right. No. Well, talk about then how would, I mean, that's a, Let me ask you some basic sort of questions and um, just so folks get a, a sense of where you are on the whole January 6th thing, what are, and I know it's a big topic, but in general, what are your thoughts about that and the way the department of justice is handling it? Well, I mean, it showed us that we have a two tier justice system in this country. And for the fact that Ken Buck has been adamant about the fact that those people should be rotting in the jail cells because what they did, you know, was so egregious. But, you know, we have liberal DAs throughout this entire country that are letting convicted felons on the streets with no bail. And so that's been proven. And and these, you know, to me, the real insurrection was on November 4th. Well, let me ask you, what, what do you think about more aid to Ukraine. I think we need to stop giving money to these <laughs> countries. I mean, look, at we're funding, we funded Iran with the $6 billion. Yeah. And then we funded, you know, Israel, which Israel should be, they're an ally of us. We should support them. But then you have the $86 billion that he left in Afghanistan, you know, that, that right. Biden left in Afghanistan when it came to the military equipment that we had there. 
You know, so we're we are responsible for funding what is going on right now. Right. Let me one thing, too, I always like because because well, you've you've got a little bit of a political background. Is that right? You've done some stuff in Will County. Tell, tell us yeah. about that. You know, I uh, so after I got out of the military, I came back here to my home roots in Will County in Windsor. And I served on the school board for uh, one term and then, you know, ran again in 2021. Uh, currently, I sit on the Weld County Council here in, in, in Weld County. Um, but for me, you know, I have people ask me all the time, well, you know, you don't have a lot of political experience. You haven't held a lot of political offices. The people that are holding a lot of political offices that go from one to another to another to another are the problem in this country. Right. You know, we've got these people dying in their in, in office because they can't they just don't want to to leave. And that's the problem. I mean, the good people who are in Congress today are those who didn't have any political background. Well, talk, let's talk about Will County. I mean, the Republican Party there has been pretty well taken over by the rhino establishment. How'd that happen? Yep. You know, I, it's it's <laughs> incredible. I, I mean, it's, you know, I ran for GOP chair uh, back in February. They did everything they could to stonewall me by not providing me with the information that I should have been provided with to be able to contact PCPs, to be able to promote why I want to be the GOP chair. Uh, you know, and it's like the establishment is so rooted and really, it has been for the last 30 years. I mean, when we, we, you know, 30 years ago, I was involved in, you know, as a kid, you know, door walk, you know, knocking doors, walking the streets, you know, helping candidates get elected. And it's the same people then as it is now. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's shot, you know, no good America first candidate and, and somebody who truly believes in the, in the grassroots and the conservative values, they're, they're, they're pushed out. Good yeah. volunteers. I, I can't tell you how many volunteers have said to me, you know, I don't feel welcome here because they don't they don't take me seriously. They don't want me to be involved. Right. Now, that, that happens in Adams County, too, where we have ongoing fights about who is and who is not a district captain. Well, so I want to ask you a, a sort of a blunt question, and that's let's talk about money, because in, in the end, it kind of comes down to that. And I've seen a picture of you in a tuxedo with Donald Trump. Apparently, are you guys like this? Are you guys like Buzz? I, I wish I was. I wish I was. <laughs> but, you know, he's the rightful president, and he'll be there again in uh, 2024 and when he takes what? office in January. But uh, you know, when you talk about fundraising and you talk about, you know, this grassroots movement, I mean, since Monday, I mean, this has just been an absolute whirlwind for me. This is something I never expected that it was going to be this big and blow up this fast. And I've had money, you know, people donating five, 10, 15, you know, 50, $100 um, throughout the entire United States. And it has just been amazing to see that support. And the fact of, you know, how many people in this country want representatives that are going to put their interests before foreign entities or those flowing over the southern border. It seems like every time Ken Buck goes on MSNBC or CNN, it's like a fundraiser event for you. Is that funny? It is. I mean, I, he he is doing me so he, it's amazing what he's doing. I mean, he's campaigning for me. You know, every time he opens his mouth, it's like, go on there every day, you know, help me out because you are doing a great job. 
Well, it seems like in looking, I mean, your website is great. The Twitter account, all of the stuff you do, it, it's it's very professional. Uh, professional. So I, I, I get the impression that, th- that although you rolled it out this week, this must be something, either that or you're really efficient, but mm-hmm. that you've been thinking about doing for a while? Well, you know, uh, I would say about three months ago, really when the January 6th deal came out mm-hmm. and his, that led that, that disgusting letter that he put out to to Todd Watkins down there yeah. in yeah. El Paso County, and then I right. mean, at that point, I'm like, okay, there's got to be a change, and and my heart flipped, and I just felt like, okay, it's my time, and so yeah, you know, I did some work for the you know for a couple months trying to figure out you know the logistics and how I'm going to do this, and you know, it's like it's. I've got four people right now on my team. They're incredible people. They're amazing volunteers. And uh, it's just, you know, this, it was a perfect day on Monday to launch. We were always trying to figure out, you know, what's the day? When, when should we launch this? And finally, Monday, we're like, you know what, with the Jim Jordan thing, it's done. We're coming out. Right. And so it's, yeah. Perfect timing. Perfect Perfect timing. Because I I think, there had been a long time sort of this, I mean, years ago, we went to a Ken Buck fundraiser, right? Mm-hmm. That he wrote the book, Drain the Swamp. And so I think he, for a while, was kind of living off of his reputation, but everything. Well, so, but, oh, well, he, and who did he bring? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 to the fundraiser. He, yeah, yeah. But, but, um, but what I mean, though, is, is it, it seems like that he has revealed himself totally for who he is. And he has totally revealed himself as somebody who does not care about his constituents. And I, I think that your timing is very good, because I think maybe some of the people who were weren't paying that much attention to that. Well, no, Ken, Ken Buck mm-hmm. is one of us. He's making it clear anymore that he's absolutely not. Well, we had former Congressman Tampton Cradwell, and he was saying, well, you have to understand about Ken Buck is that um, when he first got to Washington, he told Tom that, uh, I want to be like you. I want to have some issue that makes me a, a maverick. And President, well, why don't you do something on immigration? No, 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 I won't do that. Mm-hmm. But but, he, but it's just looking for something. He didn't have to believe in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he just has to have something. So now he's found his thing, persecuting January 6th defendants and, and making people. a fool of himself. <laughs> yeah. I love I love Todd Watkins' response to um, yeah. Ken Buck. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the book that he put out, you know, I think that was his early memoir that he put out, you know, because he is the swamp. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, Todd, let me final, I guess, one other, two two more questions, and I'll give you a chance okay. at the end to let folks know how they can donate. But just sort of open-ended, anything we haven't asked you about, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you more as this goes on, but that you would want folks to know. You know, look, this is going to be, I feel like, a very heavy watch race uh, in this country. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, because Ken Buck has just self-destructed as a so-called conservative. And so, you know, the this is going to be, I feel like, the, the the most incredible grassroots movement that we've seen. And, and the outpouring in this district from people all the way from Campo, Colorado to Julesburg have reached out to me and said, you know, I've never seen Ken Buck. He's never been in my <laughs> county. I don't even know what he looks like, you know, and, and it's like. You know, I'm going to be somebody that's going to be out there. Yeah, there's 20, I think 27 counties in CD4, but I will be in every county, you know, visiting with the people. It's going to take everybody going door to door, you know, telling these people we got to have a change. And there's there's a big number of people that don't vote. 
And we've got to tell them and convince them why they need to be voting, because, you know, we have a lot of work in this country to do. And 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 we've got to get Joe Biden. We've got to get him out of there. We've got to get that administration gone. We've got to get Trump back into office to be able to fix this. And, uh, you know, it's it's going to take all hands on deck to to get this done. Well, before, what do you think about the opt out? I feel like that the Republican Party is hurting themselves by allowing um, unaffiliated voters to vote in the Republican primary. I think it's ridiculous. You know, it's like these unaffiliated voters are not voting for conservative candidates. They weren't voting. um, You know, they were voting for Joe Day. You know, they weren't voting for Ron Hanks. And so I believe, you know, we need to return back to the days of only Republicans voting in the Republican um, uh, primary. I will say I'm glad that the that the state party finally stepped up and, and said, OK, if you're going to petition on the ballot, we're not going to support you, right. you know, because it, this is a grassroots movement. Good, perfect answer. Perfect yeah, answer. That was a, uh, you're, you're getting a hundred percent score so far. Thank where you very people, much. Thank where you. Where can people go and find out more about you and donate or volunteer? Final question for you. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's going to take, it's going to take money. You know, you always have to ask for money. Uh, they can go to my website, www.trentlicey.com or follow me on Twitter at real Trent Lisey. There's a donate tab on my website and there's also a volunteer sign up and they can follow the rest of my social media from my website. All right. All right. Well, it's great to have you on and we'll be following you and, and wishing you the best. And thank you. Have me on anytime. I'm here. for All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Trent Lisey. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great Friday. Um, okay. And just, all right. And just so folks know, Lysy is spelled L-E-I-S-Y. Um, yeah, I recommend go, go to the, go to the website. Um, and, and I guess he's right though. Ken Buck, maybe he could just sit there. You can't, but sit there and just wait and, you know, just keep watching Ken Buck. Unless he said well, something. He's saying, you know, he's, he's really promoting uh, Lysy's campaign. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's helping me out. I love it. So. <laughs> Everybody, that's going to do it for us. I want to thank Trent. I want to thank Colonel Mills. All of you guys on Zoom, we, we didn't have time to get to your comments. Remember, you can catch all of the shows at chuckandjulie.com. Um, great thanks to Thomas. And we're off to Party Friday. Well, I'm not. Oh, Chuck is not. <laughs> Me and Rev are. Well, I'm not feeling exactly party esque, but uh, it's golf party Friday. All right. All right. Bye bye, everybody. See you on Monday.